Greetings, friends. Welcome back to another amazingly horrifying day here on the October Mega Marathon Descent into the Horror Abyss. Here on the Film Alchemist podcast, you guys know the deal. 31 days, 31 pods. Uh, we love horror movies so much here that we celebrate by going absolutely insane and doing 31 podcasts in 31 days. An unheard of, silly, stupid feat that we do as a labor of love. All right, guys, before we get into this amazing episode, one of my favorites we did, a little business. Guys, we're on patreon.com. That's right. You can find us at patreon.com slash film alchemist pod for as little as a dollar a month. You can dip your toes in, see what we're all about. Join our discord, join some zoom calls, get to know us a little bit. And if you like, if you, if the first taste is enough and you want some mo right? You can go up in tiers. And as you do, you can begin to pick the exact episodes that you want us to cover, guys. Every tier has a certain amount of movies that you're allowed to pick to help us curate a Patreon-exclusive library uh, and some more fun over there. You can vote on our bonus episode poll so you can help us pick the fourth movie of our curation. You can select a stocking stuffer, and then we let the D20 gods decide uh, whose film gets picked, right? So all that said, you go over to patreon.com slash filmalchemistpod, and we were going to work hard to earn that dollar, okay? It's the best way to help the show. We appreciate so much those of you who do it. For those of you who do, thank you. For those of you who are about to, thank you as well. Make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel, Film Alchemist. Uh, we have video versions of most of our podcasts there, along with some other fun stuff we're working on. Make sure to leave us a five-star rating and review wherever you find the show. Helps us fight back against those wealthy 1% witches that run their stores as a honeypot to uh, catch us sickly, sickly little people just trying to get, get what's coming to us, right? We're trapped in them. See, that'll come back later, and you'll know that I was telling you the truth. I give you the real deal right here. Uh, yeah, guys, five-star rating. <laughs> Since our two review means the world to us. Thank you, guys. It helps us uh, find more people to bring into the party. Thank you in advance. You can email the show filmalchemistpod at gmail.com or find us on all the social media you're on we're there too we're easy to find we're easy to get a hold of and we love hearing from you guys so get a hold of us thank you guys for all that you're doing i know 31 pods is a lot but it's been a lot of fun all right i tap out no more business no more of that business let's get to it all right guys today today we are talking about the craft with our dear friend Carmelita Valdez McCoy. Now, we met Carmelita. Uh, she found the show and reached out, and we had her on, and we just kept having her back on. Carmelita is, without a doubt, one of the best things that's ever happened to the Film Alchemist podcast. Not because she has great taste in movies, not because um, she is so easy to talk to and we always have great conversations, but because she truly is an amazing friend uh, that we only have now because of this show. So, I will always be thankful for that. And I'll always be thankful for the time that Carmelita makes. She is uh, truly one of the best. And uh, we love you, Carmelita. All right. And we will have all of Carmelita's details in the show notes or description. So you guys can find her work. You're going to want to do that. Trust me. Today, Carmelita chose The Craft. Now, The Craft is this just amazing blend of cast and era, right? It's a time machine to the 90s. Be that good or bad at times. Um, it's just this amazing film about people getting what they wish for. And if that 
is always good or bad, man. And uh, we have a pretty interesting argument about the implications of that in this film, which I didn't think we were going to have. They accuse me of throwing a grenade into the start of the show. I think it's a truth bomb, not a grenade. <laughs> you guys will see. This conversation got wild. It went places we absolutely didn't expect. Um, but more than anything, it was just fun as hell. And The Craft is a movie that I've always loved, and I still love to this day. I always appreciate going back to The Craft. So without further ado, guys, we want to thank you again for spending so much time with us this month. It warms our little black hearts, the little cockles of our black hearts. Um, we appreciate it, guys. We appreciate it. Share the word with your friends. But more than anything, guys, enjoy this amazing episode, The Craft with Carmelita Valdez McCoy. everyone welcome back to the show our friend and one of our favorite uh guest hosts of all time carmelita valdez mccoy welcome back to the october mega Whee! marathon welcome, Maria! oh gentlemen i'm so happy to be here <laughs> oh my all God. right well you have selected an amazing film that we're all very excited to talk about i knew this would be on our list eventually i'm uh, so glad today spirit, bro so that's right that's the theme of this movie <laughs> <laughs> all right so two things right first would you like to introduce yourself and tell people where they can find you second introduce the movie you selected for this uh day of october i would love to so carmelita on twitter on letterboxd at carmelita says find me there movies positivity music <laughs> no bullshit True. and we're talking about a 90s classic, The Craft. The Craft. The Craft. <laughs> the grandmommy right. of all the charmed in the world. <laughs> yeah, I I always loved The Craft. It was a strange movie, but it held a very special place in my heart, right? It's this, it's this movie for Outcast, right? Kind mm -hmm. of. We'll talk about that in the end. Uh, well. Carmelita, what about The Craft speaks to you the most? Why is this a movie that you love so much? Let's start there. So I was in high school when this came out. So I was of an age with the characters. I myself was a misfit. Mm -hmm. And so like when this hit, it was like perfect timing. Because I was so miserable in the 90s. I cannot even stress <laughs> to you. How miserable yeah. the 90s were like for like a, a pretty solid stretch there and so so when the craft came out it was like very relatable mm -hmm. and and also a little aspirational yep and it just tapped into kind of where i was at in my life at the time and and all of my friends like we all kind of had, like we kind of took ownership of this movie. We, it was like a thing. Yeah. And all these years later, I am now a middle-aged woman, but when I put on the craft, like, like I can feel my angst rising <laughs> and I get to like- It's a true time machine. Yeah, I get to stew in that again and it's nice, I like it. 
Yeah, my 90s movie, I had two kind of, right? Because the one that I used to watch and be like, this speaks to me was Angus, if you remember that. <laughs> About oh, the giant wow. kid who just wanted to go to prom. That was the movie I would watch all the time <laughs> in the 90s and be like, this speaks to me. Even though I was yeah, the yeah. I was very small. when I, but That was like my vibe, right? That, And then I saw right. Mallrats and I began cultivating this Brody vibe. Mm. But anywho, I, I totally understand. And that's the... The cool thing. All right. Before we get going too deep into this, I do want to throw this out up front. Spoilers, I guess, if you haven't seen this since the 90s. <laughs> I was actually stunned today because my wife was even, you know, why are you rewatching this? You've seen the craft like a hundred times. I was like, yes, that's true. But I want to rewatch the craft. I actually hate the third act of this film. Like, hate it. Because uh, I think the twist of the movie... Because there's a couple moments of this, right, where you see that the movie realizes that it's a movie for outcasts, but then they're like, box office. And they pull us back, right? And you can see them mm. trying to placate to the straight white girl audience, right, that Sarah embodies and Breck and Meyer embodies, right? And I think the fact that they're saying this had that, like, zombie horror movie vibe to me, right? Which <laughs> the zombie stories were created specifically as... The slaves will rise up and destroy you for abusing them, right? And that's kind of where this theme of horror came from. This movie feels like by the end, it's specifically saying that if you give these misfits, these outsiders, these marginalized people power, they will abuse it and will not be able to <laughs> be a part of our society. And I thought that really sucked this time. That really pissed me off. What do you make Why? of that, Alex? fucking haymaker up front huh jesus i Christ. love the craft i've seen but i'm just we saying we gotta talk about it. how much we i thought we were just going to spend like an hour hey, gushing about that comes right after this comes right after i, I get my lashes in, <laughs> as it were this movie betrayed the coven of my heart no i'm it's, just kidding but i think that's a fair criticism it, it's interesting you put it that way i wouldn't say the third act is trash that's no 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 okay what i'm saying is i i don't like pretty the, far i don't like the conceit of it that these it marginalized well people you. become the actual bad guy right and that not okay. only are they just bad but that they're well, relentlessly horrible true so what i'm saying is i think the movie is playing to the straight white girl audience and saying thank god she's here to suppress these fucking horrible less thans and take them back, right? I I think they're and again, I think that the narrative of it works really well, right? Sure. But I just I was struck by how much I really didn't like that for these girls, right? That last scene with those two in the driveway coming to do their fake apology because they want power back. And they're like, she doesn't have power. And she just looks at them with all of her fucking white rich privilege and calls down the thunder. Like a fucking class warrior Thor on their asses. I was like, this is a really strange way to end this movie. Carmelita, I saw you react with horror. Do you think this is a fair criticism? I had, I, this, I was not expecting this. You <laughs> yeah, have, that's what I do. Griffey, I bamboozled you. Griffey fucking McGregor leg broke us right at the top here. Yeah. Didn't, didn't no, I glamored you guys into thinking <laughs> this is all Like that games. just, that just knocked me out of my witchy boots. Like I don't even. <laughs> Okay, but now that I've said it, do you see okay. any of that? Like, here, let me give you two more pieces of evidence, right? Okay. So this is a wish fulfillment horror movie, right? Be careful what you wish sure. for, right? right? So the scene when we walk in and we see the poor wretch that has become Lizzie Lizerson or whatever the racist fucking <laughs> Laura, swim girl Laura is. Lizzie. Yeah, two Laura, Laura Lizzie, Bad right? Bad guys like, always have two first yeah, names. She was just created by Stan Lee to walk around and be a racist, right? 
Right. So she's yes. in the shower and her hair is falling out. She's all Gollum in the shower. Mm-hmm. What did I do to deserve this? And it's like, I don't know. It'd be a horrible racist You're a piece horrible of shit. horrible racist piece of shit. And that yeah. the movie is specifically asking us in that moment to take pity on her and her plight. And I was like, I don't take pity on her at all. <laughs> I'm not sure that's how I ever interpreted that moment. You don't think that's the, uh, them telling the audience, like, we know. We know that you don't want to be victimized by these bitches of Eastwick, as they call it. <laughs> no. Honestly, because, like, that has so much. Well, it's interesting. You, um, To me, that moment is not about Laura Lizzie. That moment is about Rachel True's character. Um, yeah. What is her character? Rochelle. 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 Rochelle's character is realizing the power she wields is far greater than anything she thought she had. So, like, all she wanted to do was teach someone a lesson. It is a wish fulfillment thing. It's and how, did, what how does for. this exactly. play out, though? She becomes even worse when she sees that she can destroy this girl. I don't know. It's, this thing really sat wrong with that's me in, today. Hang on. But it's the maxim that's in any movie like this. Any sure. movie about people who acquire great power, who are quote-unquote less thans from a certain socio uh social perspective always this this story always plays out absolute power corrupts absolutely like that's that's what happens through right. and through so and i i understand that but i hate the idea that the people who most need these wishes right to right a wrong right because i feel like every girl one of the best scenes in the movie right is when we start to see every girl's kind of struggle that she's dealing with right the racism, the broken home with mm-hmm. the creepy stepdad, whatever the fuck he is, mm-hmm. right? We see uh, Nev Campbell's burns. That was really traumatic one. That was absolutely. And then Sarah's is just like, I'm so rich. Man. <laughs> yeah, like, Rob. It's just uh, a. It's it's weird. There's a dynamic there that was very. Robin Tooney's Robin Tooney's problems are much more about the psychological damage, like. Right. Her mother's death and her personal Okay, now this issues. is something else I had forgot. I thought her mother died when she was a teen. Her no. mother's been no. dead for like 18 years, and I understand yeah. that this is still traumatic, but that was something else I had not remembered from the film. <laughs> I I feel like I am just like throwing bombs at you guys and derailing well, the whole I think... did not see this coming. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is not how I expected I do love to the open craft. the pod, which is like, Hey, we're talking about the craft. The third act is terrible. Here's why. Like, that's not where okay. I thought we were going Okay, it with this. sat raw. I think narratively it functions I, I fine. I saying. think there's a 90s subtext that they know that their audience are straight white people who are afraid of Veruza Balk and black people and people with disabilities. <laughs> and I think they know that about the average audience of the 90s. And I think it's just one of those weird things that a movie that has become so empowering, as Carmelita said, has this subtext of we're sorry to the straight white audiences that would buy tickets to it. I think that's a weird element of this film. This is how I would spin it. Okay. This is my spin on it. This is kind of how I, cause I get what you're saying. Like, yeah, like there's, there's a way to read it where where yes. Yeah. It's kind of shitty that the misfits become so corrupted and like, what's the message yeah. in that? Yeah. What, I, I think the way I've always thought about it is like, if you get the power, don't become one of those assholes. Yes. Oh, like that's good. I like that. Yeah, that's exactly what that is. That victimized you, that oppressed you, that kept you down. Right. right. Wield your power better. 
You can be better than right. That. It's here's, not about. Here's my case. question, though. Right? Could they not have accomplished that better by maybe having Brenda, whatever Nev Campbell's character name is, uh, maybe have one of the people who's the most traumatized in the movie actually be the one who can responsibly wield the power? Veruza Balk's character, Maybe. right, as Nancy, is a classic tragic tale, right? A lot of movies have this. The person who is so abused that her only wish in this movie is to have enough power to punish the rest, right? And I think there is a real power in the end of the movie, right? All that Sarah is taking from her is, I bind you from doing harm to yourself or others. Mm -hmm. And she launches into a vicious attack because that's the exact power she wants, right? I understand that, but it's still hard to see her in that fucking bed at the end of the movie, right? There, There's a real... It's just hard to see someone constantly be so fucking put down. You know what I mean? I hear so you. I, I, I think there's a way... Anyways, we don't have to do a whole pod on this. But I, it was something <laughs> that just sat really strange with me today. Because it had been a couple years since I had watched this. And I just, I, I just was like, wow, the 90s, man. Like, we were still in that place... In the 90s, you know? Oh, yeah. No, and I think that's, to for someone, for a new audience to see this, or for someone to revisit this now, where we are in 2021, yes, I can see, like, that read being very, like, like, whoa, <laughs> what just happened? And yeah. in the 90s, that was not the case. Right. Yeah. And I mean, that's the thing, too, is that maybe this is how it goes, right? Maybe this is how our world has functioned for a really long time. But again, I think that the beauty of the craft is I think how many people saw that and just gleaned power from it. It became a, a totem of power to so many of us that it felt weird to rewatch it and be like, oh, shit, the night because I'm one of those people. I always think the 90s was last decade. You know what I mean? You're like, now as I get older, you're like, oh, the 90s were a long time ago. And there's a lot a of weird shit going ago. on back then. All right, Alex, start me off with what's something you love about the craft? Oh, besides the... besides our, What? I said How besides. I didn't even start anything. I didn't this say is the anything. thing. You're Nancy. You're going to victimize me for my opinions. I just wasn't expecting to deal with Griffey's wokeness at the top of the show. I thought maybe a little bit later, but... How dare you? How dare you? It's an avatar for all of humanity. I'll take your arrows. <laughs> you Lizzie Lizerton, you. <laughs> oh, my goodness. If anybody's a Nancy in this group, it's definitely Griff. Uh, That's so, true. I would not be responsible with oh, power you ever. You would be very responsible. I can see us having to bind you, like, almost immediately. Yeah. No, I've always been upfront about that. I know for a fact. <laughs> I bind you, Griffy. Oh, things are getting yeah. bad and worse. Like, it would Thanks, be like, guys. we got to bind this guy, like, right yeah. now. I'd be like, can you guys just bind me? This is too tempting. I want to go back to binging. <laughs> I... I always enjoy I, the parable of the, of the whole story is what I like the most. Like, I think the craft does a lot of great things. Like, obviously, lights my fire with Robin Tooney, who I have loved from, I don't know, most of my adult life. There it is. Um, That's your lens. See, I knew it. No wonder you can't. Sorry. I love, sorry. She's she's lovely. She's a lovely woman. I don't know what to tell you. Um, Nev Campbell, too. But yeah, so. Um, but no, like for me, it's always been such a fascinating yeah, like the absolute power corrupting story is what I think is most interesting about it. Like Feruza Balk puts on this performance that like anybody else, people would be like, that is some fucking horrible scene chewing overacting nonsense. But she is just like 
she starts that movie so well by not doing anything weird. And then as soon as they have the invoking the spirit moment, the scene on the beach afterwards, like I've always been like super uncomfortable with that. Like it (laughs) creeps me out, but she's like, she is so weird and creepy. Just that scene alone. I'm just like, dude, that anybody else, this would have just been like a fucking mess. And she's so good and terrifying simply by being like enamored with the power she wields like that above everything else is what I think makes her performance that much more thrilling. Like everything from that moment on where she's like fully in con- in control, quote unquote, of these powers she's invoked is I mean, just every scene she's in is a hit, like for me, like mm-hmm. every, every single time. And it's only oh, because yeah. she starts the movie being downtrodden. Like it's one of my favorite scenes in the movie when they're all like having their, um, all of them are talking about like their, uh, their, their spells essentially working. They've all cast their spells and like Laura Lizzie's losing her hair and Rochelle's like, like she has to wear like a hat now. It's really sad. And uh, Faruza Balk's character. She has to wear a $500 hat to school every day. Yeah. So, yeah. like, uh, <laughs> Nancy Nancy gets up and walks away. And they're like, what's wrong with her? And, she, and Rachel True has just got this just off the cuff. She goes, well, I don't know. She's just sad. She's, you know, she's, she's sad she's still white trash or something, I guess. Like, I was like, honey, right? you're white. You're white trash. I don't know what to tell you. It's like, even in that <laughs> moment, everyone's kind of, like, high school judgmental. But, like. And they that, cut to like the parasite shot, right? Like it only rains on yes. the floor. And yes. It's like what the fuck? There's a dog that's just standing in the rain. It doesn't even walk over two feet to get the under awning because even the poor dog the is poor like, dog. I don't deserve an umbrella. But, but like, I love like that beat yes, right there. I agree. So because she's so upset, like she's so upset that the things she wants in life have not worked out. But everyone else's are like these weird minuscule things like not minuscule, I guess that's incorrect to say, but like very personalized things like yeah, Rochelle's character wants this one girl to stop bothering her and stop being a horrible racist asshole. Like those are like the thing, like that's absolutely wanted. This other girl just wants to feel pretty. Like she, like right. Bonnie feels terrible right. about herself. So when she gets some form of confidence, she takes it for a ride, man. Of course she would. It's, All right, well, let's let's let Carmelita go on that, right? Let's talk about this, because I'll one-up Alex. I think this movie actually doesn't become a cult classic at all without Veruza Balk's character. Oh, I think oh, she that's is, not a one-up. That's 100% yeah. truth. I think she's the avatar, right? I think we all want to be one of the other girls, but know that we would be Nancy, yeah. given the choice, right? So, Carmelita, talk me through the dynamics of this group and their personal journeys, right? What about this group works so well? You know, I I think it's when we start this journey, it's really kind of interesting because in the beginning, Bonnie, Nev Campbell's character, she's the one that's looking for the fourth. Yeah. Like, initially, mm-hmm. Nancy is kind of just down to do their thing, just the three of them. Even though having this fourth would help them to do these more powerful spells. Right. But it's it's Bonnie. Or spells, really period. Like, do, they, do we know right. that they've ever been able to cast a spell without the fourth? I, I don't... I don't... I don't they think don't really so. Say. I like, think it's been, been a matter ritual, of just, but... it's a matter of ritual and study rather than it being mm-hmm. able to like actually complete spells. Right. Right. And so I, I like how in the beginning it's like, 
it very much reminds me of like groups of girls who spend all their time together and they kind of gravitate around this one thing. In this case, in this movie, it's neo-paganism. And, you know, but they're like, it's it's their shield. Because mm -hmm. they're the bitches of Eastwick. No one talks to them. But they're safe in their little group. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and it seems like, for the most part, they were content with where they were in terms of, like, their practice. But I, I think it's, like, really interesting once you introduce the Sarah character who has these natural abilities and how that does. jump starts. Well, yeah, that's like a thing the, too. The is she's a natural witch, correct? Mm -hmm. yeah. That's like, yes. she's, that's like part of the deal. She doesn't have to do much to like actually have that power. Right. But I, I like to like, <laughs> see your face, Griffey. Tony would start that. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying it was there for us the whole time. We just weren't advanced like, enough to see it. Oh, God. Each, it's going to be each of, each of these young women are struggling with some really serious shit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's heavy. Like you have racism that Rochelle's dealing with. Bonnie's dealing with body image issues. You've got Sarah who's dealing with presumably depression but definitely she's been suicidal yeah that's pretty serious you've got nancy who's dealing with seems like drunk parents domestic violence poverty um then like and and even like in that whole like in the beginning you have like they're dealing with you know assholes at school yeah. and then sexual harassment and having someone lie and tell the whole school that you fucked when you didn't. And there's like rape, like there's a lot of really serious stuff in here. And it's, it's stuff that we didn't talk about as openly in the nineties. No, even though no, not a chance. So many of us were experiencing these things. So I think that's part of what this movie did for a lot of people is that it it kind of broached some of these topics mm -hmm. it doesn't go into great depth well again i think this gets back to knowing that the average audience of the 90s right because this is maybe not being, right being a teenager in that era right i think it's one of those strange times as a teenager we kind of joke right that we like teenage stories because everything's the most important this and that yeah but it is this very strange time where you're butting up against harsh realities right mm -hmm. with your body with the way other people see your body with you know class and work and you know oh you're a c-level student you're an a like we're starting to you know stratify ourselves right. so there's a lot yeah. of really big heavy shit that's happening to essentially still children right yeah and so i think a lot of the that kind of part of the movie is really relatable right and i think mm -hmm. back then too there was a real my parents never wanted to talk about sex with me. That was a, uh, if it was on the TV, we change it. If it's on the movie, the DVD's coming out, right? We're going to pretend we didn't see or hear yeah, any of this. Yeah, no, totally. Uh, that's just how it was back then. So again, sure. this movie was way ahead of its time in that regard and what they were willing to show us, right? And I think that's the part that, to me, that's the part that solidifies the movie. And I think what made me sad today watching it is I will never forget the, 
you know, girls having their own struggles and through the power of friendship, right? Like when they got off the bus at wherever that was, right? The vineyards or wherever to just go do their ritual in the woods. And he's like, hey, watch out for the weirdos. We are the weirdos, mister. You're like, it's like this anthem, right? You're like, yeah, fuck. Yeah, yeah man. These girls, if you have just a couple friends, right? The rest of the scary shit can be held at bay. And they yeah. go out and there is this, you know, I enter with perfect faith and perfect heart, you know, perfect trust, that kind of thing. There is this bonding sisterhood and you see them start to get a glow up from finding the power from with each from within the group. Right. And then walking right. through this school that we've seen be so scary and traumatizing them walking through with power. Right. Not the power to harm, but just the power to be themselves. Right. And be happy in who they are. As you said, right, a lot of us had these kind of outsider taste or hobbies, and we would take them to such extremes because that was our character we were building for the rest of the school to see, right? Mm -hmm. That's the shit about the movie that I absolutely loved. And I, I hated seeing these fucking lovely girls in this group that I bonded with just fucking be torn asunder, man. That that. But the one, let's talk about Nev Campbell's journey because this one I thought was really poignant. Um. The idea of her just weeping and saying, I want to be beautiful. I thought that was something that I'm sure a lot of audiences found very relatable in high school. I think a lot of us had body issues back then. And I don't think it's nearly as prevalent for us boys as it was for the ladies right back then. Um, but, you know, having to like shower in school and this and that. I thought it was really oh, yeah. strange for this girl. And I think to your point, that's a great point. She was the one desperately seeking the fourth. Yeah. Right. She didn't feel like she could just exist as she was. Right. However, she got these burns. Uh, what did you make of this segment of the movie, Alex? I mean, particularly Bonnie's story. Like, yeah, that's I mean, the beauty yeah, it's is the pain, most gene, gene therapy stuff. Right. There's a lot going on with her. I mean, it's the most poignant because it hits it hits everything about it's, it hits everything that is horrible about high school. Like. Yeah, like, guys, obviously, it's very different. But, like, you know, my wife, everybody I know had body issues at some point when they were younger. Well, your like, body's just mutating and you have no horrible. ability to oh, stop yeah. it. <laughs> so, like, not only that, like, your body's mutating, you have no ability to stop it. And then on top of that, you add, like, whatever is going on with Bonnie, which is, like, clearly not – I did not have that experience when I was in high school. I did not have burns all over the back, my back. Like, there's a whole other aspect to this that is, like, I'm – yeah, like there's body issues, but then she's also like, I'm not normal. Like there's this not normal is there's this denormalization of Bonnie's self. So like there's all this other, there's all this other, there's all this otherness going on for Bonnie's story itself that ends up being like, I mean, to me, like, honestly, besides Fruza Balk's performance, like one of the crux arguments of the movie is just like, she needs the win. Like, that's why like after so after they do the after yes. they do the spell and her spell starts working and like literally like mm -hmm. the scars like melt off, which is like amazing because she has this like when she turns around, she's a little choked up. Mm -hmm. The next shot is her walking into class and she's like her like low cut shirt on like she's oh, just yeah. there and you're like short sleeves like fuck the, yeah. in the beginning. It's all she's like sweaters. ready to go, man. But it's not it's even awesome. like a fucking full like beach tank top right it just doesn't have sleeves mm -hmm. and just taking the sweater off she feels so freed because the scars work is this like witch's mark right totally. she's literally branded by her past right i thought that was and it's also one of those sad things for a high school drama because 
everyone else is wishing for something for them. Mm-hmm. And while hers, like, th- wanting to be beautiful is for you. Right. But also the core of who is the only one who can enjoy your beauty? Someone else who has the eyes that behold, right? So right. it is this very outward thinking wish, right? She just wants everyone else to see her as she wishes. And I think that's a it, – it's strange because it's – they capture it really well in this movie because that's a really hard thing to capture, right? You get the, like, teen yeah. makeover scene in a lot of movies. They're, like, you know, bouncing your hair around school. Right. And hers just felt so much That's my favorite truer. one, man. She just – that's the honest one. She's like, yeah. I'm a new person. All I have to do is get rid of this sweater. Like, I'm the right person already. So she, like, literally just takes off one layer of clothing and she's – it's the person she wants to be like, that is the thing that I yeah. love the most about Bonnie's whole thing. Like, obviously, you know, she, I guess, learns a lesson of some kind at some point. Yeah. She learns a lesson. Keep your sweater on other. <laughs> That's what I mean. Every one of these women needed a win except for Sarah. They do. Sarah did, you know, try to take her life and has some I mean, kind of, she issues also got with branded that. like a slut by Skeet Ulrich. The worst. I, I agree. I agree. Those are not great moments, right? That's not great things to have to deal with, but I would argue the other girls need the win a little bit more, right? And I think watching Nev Campbell's character get to take the one thing, right, that her whole life has been based around this scar, this accident, however that happened. Oh, yeah. What if in high school you were able to take that one thing away you hated about yourself and you could just present what you want? I thought that was lovely. It was awesome. Right? Carmelita, what do you make of this, this bit of the film? No, I really like it. And I, you know, it's kind of interesting. Did you know that originally Robin Tunney was yes. cast to be Bonnie? Yes. And then they decided that they wanted her for the lead of Sarah. And so then they brought in Nev Campbell and wow. recast. Who at that point was the most famous in the cast because of yes. Party of Five. Party of Five. I, I was trying to figure out if Party of Five was happening then, and then I read about it. Yes, Party of Five was yeah. going on at this point. Yeah, when this came out, like I kind of recognized Fair Use a Balk, like, but it took a minute mm-hmm. because <laughs> the last thing I had seen her in was um, Return to Oz. Return to Oz. Yeah. Yes. When she was like itty bitty. Yeah. So See, I had seen not, the Water Boy really before this. I think. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, so it was like. Nev Campbell, Party of Five, like I like I knew her. Yeah. And so it was really interesting. But she I feel I thought she did a really good job of portraying like this sincerity and this vulnerability. Yes. Yeah. She did a really good job of that. And it really sells this character who someone might look at her her wish and say oh that's vanity but it's not it's It's, not it's about coming out and not having to hide anymore exactly right right. yeah totally you know and so i i think her performance really sells that yeah Yeah, i thought i just thought that part was great because honestly i think rochelle's story is like this too right rochelle is the one character because this is the there's a weird dynamic of this school right this plays like a super rich school right but yeah, it's not Feruza Balk's there, right? <laughs> so something's happening. Like, I don't know how Feruza Balk is in this school. Everyone else has a big ass house or something, right? So we see some of this going on. Right. 
Rochelle, it's a, Catholic, it's a Catholic high school. You know, yeah, right, private I mean, school. That's a yeah. private school, and that shit costs a lot. I mean, this movie has a very weird money line, anyways. Right, like when yeah. uh, the Nancys get one hundred and seventy-five thousand dollars, and they go on a shopping spree. Okay, yeah. I was like, I'm, you couldn't rent an apartment. It's ninety-six in Los Angeles. Yeah. I got, I, I'm sorry. I'm so glad you brought this up because I, I was going to address it later. Well, this was San Fran too, right? And I was like, Jesus, H, yeah, right. One hundred and seventy-five thousand dollars, like. I don't think you can move. Like they moved no, into that. They probably that... could have put that couch in their trailer. That's how yeah, much 175k would be. Now. Like it, it, it was always a weird thing. And like, <laughs> what's well, such a good reveal? Because he's got his briefcase. Like we're talking huge value. I, and love I was like, that oh scene. shit, they moving on up next to Sarah. And they're like, <laughs> no, no, not next to Sarah. Yeah, it 175 $175,000. And then I mean, like, granted, that'd be a lot of money for anyone half the money like... goes to half the money goes to that fucking jukebox the mom bought <laughs> like that yeah thing, the jukebox that... and the couch blow a huge portion of their penthouse but maybe Sorry. nancy's got like Off a the line she loves connie gonna... francis what do you loves I mean, connie you know? francis Love oh my god oh, that mom is the fucking saddest the best. when she's, she's trying the best. to follow them to the room i she's know like, guys guys let's have a house and they're like Shut the door on her. The mom moments in this movie, by the way, the the one that I've like, the one that I, I actually like say because my um, I say just like in general is um Bonnie's mom when they're doing light as a feather, stiff as a board, and they drop her right as she walks up. Every time it's the line read, it's like, oh my god, are you girls getting high? Like I'm just like, <laughs> I've said that in life just because I'm like that's an amazing line. Like it's just good. It's. The moms in this are just the best. They're just oblivious, but kind of not. But they're like, oh, we just want to be and friends. Notice like, how wants quickly to be a cool the girls mom. just fucking drop Rochelle like she's nothing. No, I'm just kidding. So, but that's what I mean. So back to Rochelle. There it is again. She's the one character, right, who cannot hide and blend in. Right. right? Sarah is rich. I would assume that Bonnie's character is rich, right? Bruce Falk yeah. is definitely not hiding, but a lot of that is... She has this aggressive in-your-face personality, right? Right. Right. Rochelle can't hide. She may be the only African-American person we see in the whole film, right? And there's very pointed Pretty imagery much. of her, them not wanting her in the pool, right? The hair thing. There's a lot of strange bits in this. I mean, they just straight up drop the massive racism in the locker room, right? I don't know about you guys. This has always struck me as odd because I think... I don't think about, especially because it takes place in California. Like, I don't think about that kind of, I don't think about that kind of thing. And it's weird that, like, Laura Lizzie's character is just like that outspokenly racist. I always, like, felt that I was like, that feels so strange to have a character like that in high school be that racist. Like, it's a weird, it's a weird dichotomy because, like, it's just not one of those things that I've ever ex- that I ever expected. And I remember the first time I saw it, I was thinking, like, that is just like so hateful and weird to be like that much again, like that. I'll bet you a people. lot of listeners right. would be like, I absolutely know, and that's know. the thing. They being absolutely in high school, exist. Right. Sorry, not to be naive. I, I know yeah. they exist. It's we just always had a lot of that. Like we had yeah. one African American kid who. We, they used to call him the Fresh Prince of Rossville, right? Which was my Jeez. small town because he got in trouble in Brooklyn. And through just this sad turn of fate, I had to come live in our little one-stoplight town. Poor guy. And it was just the things you would hear said, like people trying to be in on the, you know, oh, we can make jokes like this around. It was really strange, right? 
and so yeah that's that's one of those things that leaps out at you in the movie is her wish is like can this person just stop being a piece of shit to me yeah just because i'm existing right and i thought i think that's another one of those that the backstories of these girls are just so deep right like unlike a lot of high school movies a lot of them are very surface right no boys will talk to me you know my clothes aren't good enough right john hughes did a couple there's one poor kid in school riffs right these are so much more fleshed out than most high school portrayals right and having to watch a character deal with the weight of you know fucking just in your face racism in an all-white catholic school or a girl who feels like she has to hide or veruza bulk who's just has to go home to this fucking broken, horrible home. And God knows the guy's making passes about how thin her outfit is and shit. Oh, yeah. You just you feel this deep empathy for these fucking girls again. And I think Sarah's is kind of they try, but I never latched on to her the same way. And so it 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 just sucks, man. I wanted them to get a win. I wanted all of these girls to get the win. And when they start to turn in the third act, I would say probably about the car scene, right? So this is after the invocation of the spirit, right? Where the the hippie lady who runs the, you know, power, power, geologically located power <laughs> hippie store, right? Who, by the way, just lets them steal books knowing that they're all going to fucking suffer. I love her. I love She's the OG. Okay. Walk me I through the, the hippie OG store shopkeeper. lady. Is she I the secret her. villain of the movie, Carmelita? No, 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 no. Is she not the one percent just helping fucking punish? No, 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 no. Good lord. So I'm telling you, you it's all there, Alex. I mean, I've I've seen a lot of these stores in my lifetime. Oh, for sure. I love those stores. And you know, and I used to live in in Santa Cruz, California, where there's a big new age thing goes on. Well, the vampires, yeah. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So in addition, and so this lady is so perfectly cast because she's got the look of like new age, you know, lady who runs yeah. the crystal store. <laughs> yeah. Perfect the, crystal, crystal store lady. Perfect, perfect crystal, crystal necklace store lady. for it. Yeah. yeah. But I think what I really like about the, this particular, I think the actress's name is Asumpta Serna. She's a Spanish actress. Her casting is great. And I love her attitude. Like she knows these girls are stealing it's small potatoes no this lady is this lady is is og she's dealing with cosmic energy well that part's true yeah she fucking pulled the wool over your eyes carmelita that's not what she's she's not bothered and what she's the serpent in eden no and and rule of three man you it comes back threefold so she's like you know what yeah go ahead Go ahead, steal, find out what happens. Exactly. She's giving them the forbidden knowledge to destroy themselves. <laughs> she wants them to steal these books. I don't trust her. I don't like her. I love her. I love her. I to love me, her the people who run those attitude. stores should only be able to afford the last store in the mall, like here in Indiana. <laughs> and they got to sell swords in their store, too. That's what our versions are. There's a lot of swords and tapestries along with the crystals. Owner. I think, because that struck me, is she just doesn't give a fuck that these girls are stealing. And it seems like a lot. They have a lot of... Uh, accessories right they're like the miami heats mike miller who just had like 50 armbands to come in and play like one we're talking about the craft here not sports griff what are you doing man come on i am like i said i'm an avatar for all of mankind so my sports (laughs) brethren 
I give them a little taste. I give a little taste to all the peoples. But when I look up 90s Mike Miller or just Google Mike Miller accessories, and I'm telling you it'll pop up. He was the most accessorized basketball player who never played in all of history. But that's what happened. So these girls steal a fucking lot. And I think it's she's like a Goosebumps character. Right? Like she just lets them seal and then laughs when they come back and they're like, It's all gone horribly wrong. Our it's families all wrong. are dead. Yeah, I thought she was creepy as hell, man. <laughs> I mean, that's probably why I like her. You like the punishment. You like the I cosmic like creepy. punishing. <laughs> I like creepy. A creepy yeah. is like that's where I live. So like I'm all about it. And you know, and that's the thing with teenagers, right? Like, and that's that's one of the things that's interesting about watching this movie like revisiting it as an adult is that teenagers are awful just the fucking worst yeah like let's awful. be real like breck and meyer in this movie is so exactly how i remember high school people being he's uh, so yeah. good in this movie and just yeah. hateable but he's he's, yeah. he's like spot on exactly what high school was like for me absolutely when bonnie walks into the classroom after she like after her after um they wipe away all her scars and he's just when like, she's yeah. the head of the coven yeah. yeah like hey what's up like dude come on man like <laughs> in every single scene he has one of those bits you're just like come on jeez mm-hmm. but yeah he is yeah. he's the avatar for every single high school guy who like Ugh. tangentially played a sport but was not like star of the class right his that, buddy of course, was the quarterback reserved. Yeah, yeah, he was like the quarterback's yeah. friend, but he was mm-hmm. like, you know, it was like um, the quarterback's yeah. fluffer. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Like not even second string. He was like the guy who was like the water boy, but there was the like it was like their, oh, it's yeah. my friend. You know, it's all good. He was uh, he was one of those actors that was in so many things in this era, a lot of things. But I just I thought he was so good, man. And in this again, he's just he's one of those guys. Is like the memes go around who got the assignment, like he's just perfect in this movie right it's not a huge role but it takes you again this whole movie is very transportative to me but him specifically like sent shivers down my spine of how many guys like that that you would try to appease and be friends with because you knew they were kind of like the hype man of the group you wanted Mm -hmm. to be cool with or else they would like make your life hell so all the like bad jokes you had like ah (laughs) or like try to be cool to that guy even though he was the biggest douche like, it really, I was, like, getting sweats. I was like, oh, God, just remembering, like, these horrible hallway yeah. experiences. All those, like, the the double talk that Skeet Ulrich does to, like, tell oh, everyone Skeet. that fucking Sarah's a slut. And, like, you know, Skeet Ulrich's just, he just has that face, man. He's just like that, like. <laughs> it's he- strange because this is the movie that gave him, like, the $10 supercut coupon hairdo. Yeah. Well, and it's yeah. so unsettling. He has that, like, yeah, it's weird that he's he, like, too handsome for that hair. Like, that doesn't work. What's yeah, fascinating is it's this hair and it's it's this Carmelita hair. Carmelita knows this. what I'm saying. Well, it's this hair and this one. And then, like, um, Scream, he's got the same, like, 90s. He's got, like, the 90s do for, like, the kid who. But when you, you see know, him in Scream, it's like this glowing hair. And you're like, oh, yeah, yeah of course. Yeah, that guy's got the heartbreaker. Movement. Yeah. It's this got one, movement. This one's sports hair. It's yeah, like this high, is uh, yeah. It's right. Tuesday, the coupons expiring. Let's go, yeah, right? The, the barber time. who chain like, smokes while he cuts your hair has got five minutes to do you. Yeah, no good. Yeah, no. It's the high end type. That's that's what you do when you're you know when you're when you're in sports and uh, when you're QB one. When you're QB one at whatever Catholic high school you this guy's going to, you know that's that's your haircut. But he is so 
that like that's the cringe for me man his character the entire movie just like i'm just like dude that is something that i remember not me personally but people that i went to high school with dealing with where people would like you know you go to a party and the next week you find oh they all slept together wow that's crazy Mm -hmm. none of that ever happened it was just like some fucking guy walking around talking shit and you're just like and again, it's one of those shocking things when you watch when you're 34, yeah. and I was like, people like this existed. I cannot believe they did. probably still exist. It's imba- oh no, I'm sure they're yeah. still out there. But like, it's I was on the receiving end of some of those rumors. Really? In high school? What? Oh yeah. God, dude. Oh yeah, dude. What high the fuck? school. Supposedly, I was pregnant like two times. <laughs> like that went around the school a few times that must Harley have been quite pregnant. the surprise for you when you <laughs> it was hilarious my best friend like we we met oh my like God. between periods and she's like oh you know what i heard today and i'm like what and she's like you're pregnant i'm like really what am i having like <laughs> <laughs> do i need like, to buy some stuff what's up this yeah. would happen all the time wow i was like the prime target for that stuff in high school yikes it- well, it's thankfully just, for me, I guess it so would have been so, so outlandish yeah. to assume that I got laid. <laughs> like, I Same. never would have had the gall. Yeah, I never had those rumor problems because, yeah, the it would have been just like shocking. The weirdest one for me is I was in high school and everyone just assumed I had done all the drugs. Mm. And so, like, one of my biggest lies was someone's like, hey, man, we heard that you have a guy who can get us peyote. I'm like, Psh, yeah, I do that all the time. That was like the coolest lie I could get away with. They just thought I was the guy because I came from like a bigger school that I right. knew guys who could get peyote in the fucking late nineties in Indiana. Peyote, that's a deep that's a deep cut yeah. for the late nineties, yeah. But the moment I would have said like, Yeah, this one girl, uh, she let me, you know, under the panties and the, they'd be like, Stop, 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 stop. Come on, not you. Not yeah. welcome. We're going to shred your fake Costco one. card, you're out, <laughs> like you're not a part of the club. <laughs> it would have been impossible. I never had good rumors about me. So, never. You know, I was None. super boring. What do you it know? doesn't seem fun. It doesn't seem it's fun. It's not fun, no. It seems yeah. horrible. You, yeah, you have to kind of, like, toughen up. Like, you kind of develop the, the thick skin. Like, you have to, like, yeah. come to a place of not giving a shit. But, yeah, no, it's awful. Well, let's go into this, then. So, these girls, right, who are dealing with this. Because, again, I think Sarah's played very much as kind of the... Has a pretty good setup, right? And we do find out that... yeah. She hurts herself, and, you know, this is her big struggle of the movie, right, is this lie. What happens in your mind when this goes – for two guys who were just not even on – we weren't even in the, like, stadium of play that this could happen to us. Nope. Oh, yeah. I honestly don't know what that mindset would be like. What what runs through your head when you find out these oh, rumors are spreading? So <laughs> – when you first get wind, at least this is my experience. If so you want to talk about it, if you don't, that's oh, absolutely fine. Oh, no, I'm fine. happy to. I can start throwing more I'm haymakers. <laughs> no, no, no. Like, initially, there's kind of like that shock. Like, like wait, what? Which she did a really good job of playing that. That was like a very authentic. <laughs> very right. like, that's kind of the initial reaction. is kind of like, wait, what? Oh, man. And then the and girl then, snickering in the corner. Oh, yeah. And then it's Horrible. like, it's like you're kind of there's no there's no right way to respond if you deny it vehemently then they're like oh it must be true because you wouldn't be denying it so hard if it wasn't true if you don't say anything oh it must be true see she didn't even deny it like there's no way to win fucking zero sum yeah that's there there's no way to win so you just kind of have to 
like pick which one of those crap options you want to go with. Mm-hmm. I always went with the ignore it because it was like there's no point. Yeah. Right. But that's kind of in- yeah. it's kind of interesting then Sarah's Sarah's reaction like the pivot is then mm-hmm. to essentially join the coven. Like Yeah. That's the new rumor. Like it's interesting to like like put the put it to rest by simply deciding to like kind of lean them, into this group of other misfits right. that all Give get them shit something else about. to talk about. Yeah. I mean that's a that's a really I mean knowing that now because again, I'm not I was in fucking marching band. I'm not cool enough for this. But like that is like one of those things where like You were the one time at band camp kid? I was the fucking drum major. So, yes. Um but yeah, I'm like it's no. <laughs> It's an important part of the band. That's right. I was awesome. Tuba tuba for 3 years, <laughs> drum major. For I was two. the guy down below the bleacher bleacher selling peyote while you were oh, yeah. Criffy was apparently selling peyote. <laughs> What a weird drug to like it's ask weird because for. now I've cultivated a look that that's way more believable than back right, then when right. I also had the $5 supercut coupon haircut. <laughs> but it's interesting that so Sarah takes like basically takes the pivot and decides to start a whole new rumor, which is like, well, I'm actually this part of this group of a whole other group of people that you all guys consider. You, everyone considers a misfit anyways. And then essentially it's almost like she leans in like it's a really yeah. fascinating it's a really fascinating well, thing she decides let's talk to do. about this right i'll send this to you carmelita so there is mm. a there's a strangeness in the skeet ulrich story in this movie right yeah and it's it's he's the guy who needs comeuppance right oh yeah it is mm. hard to watch his self fall apart in this movie right and it it it's it's very extreme, right? How they yeah. this curse actually works. I think it might be one of the best getting what you deserve parts of the film. What did you make of yeah. her decision to not just punish him in a way, but to you work for me now, right? What did you make of this part of the movie? Well, you know, and I and I think that you're right. Like it's the most like it's like the purest distillation of that type of story. Right. And it's right. And it's one that's been done elsewhere. The way that it's done here is really interesting because, you know, when when this whole chain of events gets going, she hasn't really known him that long. No, they've been on some dates and then the rumor thing happened. But it's I think what's really interesting about it is that. She's she's still attracted to him. She still likes him, but she's also yeah. kind of repulsed by his actions. She's got, there's like a push and pull. There's like, yeah, she, she doesn't hate him. Mm-hmm. Well, she, she even says after his death, right? Uh, underneath it all, I still think he was a good guy. And you're just, where was the evidence How? of that? But yeah. you know, right, I mean, I think right. that's the, was there another movie made while we were making yeah. this one that we didn't know? Anything? The heart, the heart desires what the heart desires, I guess. But yeah, he's right. a, a horrible monster, man. Which I mean, it happens sometimes. Yeah, I mean, sometimes absolutely. We we want people that are not good for us, right? That's and true. we want to believe, like we project onto them the things we want them to be, whether right. they are or not. So it is really kind of interesting that, like, I don't think she set out to punish him, but love spells always go wrong always in the movie don't 
do the love yeah. spell. It's bad I think news. you could argue all spells in movies go bad. They right? do. Because she even says when her and Nancy are fighting, right, there's a scene in uh, – she says there isn't a spell that makes everything go back to okay. And I was mm -hmm. like, that's a really perfect line for this kind of a film. Right. Yeah, and the absolutely. scene when they're walking into mass, right? And she's like, hold my shit and sit by me and be a good boy, right? And Breck and Meyer's trying to like mm -hmm. get him to bro out. I was like, that is a sweet, like perfect revenge yeah. on him for what he did. Because to your point, there's no good option when someone does this to you. That feels like the best fucking option. Right. Oh, yeah. You know, now he's going to be my caddy and carrying this shit around, right? Yeah. And that it seems was, to work you know, really well. And at that point, it's it's a pretty harmless thing. Mm -hmm. Of course, the thing doesn't stay harmless because <laughs> the love, like him falling in love through the love spell is not love. He's like obsessed and he's like, right. yes, like zombie mm -hmm. status. Well, it turns into just full on lust. It turns in it turns into lust is what happens. Well, right. that was the sad scene, right? Which was when she lost her sisterhood with the coven. And he's like, hey, just come out with me. I can see what you look like on the phone. You're like, don't get in that fucking car. But she does, and she's just trying to find someone to talk to, someone she can chat about her current state. And when he just goes for her, man, it's, it's fucking horrifying. And again, that she just plays yeah. it as this, you know, there's just a blankness. He wasn't there. And I started thinking back to what um, – the evil fucking breadcrumb hippie witch was saying <laughs> the one who's trying to destroy these teens uh when the one, she was the one like, who's doing a service by getting rid of teenagers yes her? Hey. that the is our old man speaking her? the true hero of the story yes the me that used to love this film all the way through right would hate that you said that but this is uh there is something she said though right when she's like magic is always lovely and cruel in equal parts right it's it comes from your heart right. so through his actions you're the magic is revealing what's underneath him right mm -hmm. and she's trying to defend away like oh it's my fault i thought that was just an insanely poignant observation of the film whether that was intentional or not but just this like her trying to blame herself for what he had done right right I thought that was really intense, man. Now, the second part of his story that we need to discuss is the when Nancy finds out. And she's like, I'm, I got to oh, play. It's one of my favorite scenes. It's, okay. It's so, so good. good. Now, Carmelita, I got to ask you about this. Please. What the fuck is Nancy doing? Because I thought this was a really sad scene to me. I thought this was a sad I, moment I mean, for Nancy. Yeah. It is. I oh, mean, it is kind of sad because Nancy yeah. has all the powers of Momo or whoever. Manon. Right? Manon, right? Yeah, sorry. So Manon, right? She's been given this gift. She's walked on water. She's gotten to pet the fins of dead sharks and whatever the hell else she wants, right? Now she's living in her insanely cheap penthouse apartment. In for this free. moment, right? We're led to think that she's going to get revenge for her friend who's been assaulted, right? And the first thing I started thinking is like, wait a sec, why doesn't she break the spell again? Like, why not just break the love spell, right? L release them right. of the bomb. When she goes in, there is – now, do you read this as like a temptress scenario? To me, it felt like she desperately wanted him to love her and give her that recognition, which is a weird he, motive he in this her. moment. Like, they yeah, have exactly. a history. 
So she has they, all this power, but you. in that moment, she's still reduced to, I'm not good enough for this fucking asshole. What did you make of that bit? Because she's a teenage girl, dude. That's true. All this power. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> but she's still, she's still a teenager with all of those insecurities, with all of that wanting to be loved or desired or accepted. Like, and Nancy has that chip on her shoulder and she has this really thick skin and she she plays it real aggressive in people's face. Like, I don't care what people think of me. But deep down, every single human being, even the most hardened of us, wants somebody to want you and to like you and to accept you. And I think with all the power that she has, this guy that she has all this history with that re ended up rejecting her with all the power that she has, he still doesn't want her. Mm -hmm. And that's a tough pill to swallow. Well, even more so, right? Cause he you had know? her right, and then was like, he had gotten what he wanted and just fucking trashed right. her. But right. I thought the scene when now Alex, I don't know if you felt this way when she does the glamor to then look like Sarah it almost broke my heart, man. Like, I forgot how mean this movie is to these three girls that need wins. That one legit broke my heart. That Nancy what? thought it was better to be Sarah and get love that way. I, I'm i not sure I'd characterize it that like way. Like, why she could have just, like, puppet mastered him into the sex, right? Like, just totally, like, taken him over. The being I, Sarah was really just sad, man. Well, to Carmelita's point, yeah, like everybody wants this form yeah. of love. Like everybody wants to be wanted, of course. Sure. However, I, I do think in this scene, like the want that Nancy has has much more to do with retaliation and dominance than it does for actual mm. like romantic love. Her right. glamoring as yeah. Sarah has much more to do with tra with trapping uh, Skeet Ulrich than it does to do with anything else. Mm. She's she's taking the power that she has and using it in a way that she's already seen Skeet Ulrich use. Like she is upping, she's one upping Skeet Ulrich's character mm. in this scene. She's yeah. saying, "I've seen what you've done with just your words. Watch me do what I do with power." Like, true mm -hmm. power. Oh, okay. See, I didn't read it that way at all. Is that how you read it too, Carmelita? That's good. I I think I kind of always thought about it like, yeah. I mean, she's flexing. I always See, thought, I always thought it was that sh the futility of that, right? Like, I have all this fucking power, and I still can't just be as gifted as natural Sarah, right? And that in that moment, that's a concession of a way, right? That Right. Because obviously the movie plays it that she's very jealous of Sarah throughout. Right. You know, and that just felt like a yeah. moment of kind of caving in. And I always wonder, what do you think happens at the end of that scene if Sarah doesn't bust in and be like, it's Inception boning, you know? <laughs> like, you know, there's multiple levels of Sarah's. And like, um, what happens if Sarah doesn't walk in on that scene? I think it plays out the way it plays out, man. Like, I think it goes on a little bit longer, but I think she still does the deed, man. She fucking throws that asshole out the window. You think like, she still kills him even if they fuck and he's like, lights a Yankee candle and he's like, that was great. 
Absolutely. Like there's I nothing so. that there's there's nothing about that scene. Like all it does, all the all that Sarah bursting into the room does is expedite what's going to happen eventually. Right. Then she realized it's at that moment that Nancy realizes like it doesn't matter. Like I'm not here to be romantic. I'm here to assert power. And like eventually, and when she does, like she has that amazing again. Feruza Balk's just like, it is one of her best scenes in the movie where she's, she's the calling fucking a, best, man. She's the best. Like, she calls him a whore, and you're just like, that's that's what I, that's how I know this has nothing to do with, ro- for me as a viewer, it's not, I feel like there's no romance involved. This was always meant as a revenge plot. She's getting back at her for like treating her like the side piece because clearly they have a history of some kind. Yeah. So for him to do that and basically like do a dalliance like, oh, yeah, I'm just like messing with the, you know, weird girl. She he's taking she she's taking now advantage of the fact that he wants something that she knows he can't have. Yeah. Mm. Well, also, he in a way disguises himself to have sex with women. Right. There is something to that. Yeah. Yeah. I do wonder if she doesn't come in, if she still fucking throws him out the window or if. Now he's her play thing. That was a because he says jealous. That's mm. the trigger word, right? When he says you're jealous, yeah, she gets mad. She's like, I'm not jealous. It's like, but see, like he's gonna say jealous. the wrong thing eventually, anyways, right. because eventually the glamour will not be there, and eventually Nancy's way too Nancy's way too into tricking people. Nancy's way too in, drunk with power to not show him at the end like let's Mm -hmm. say that scene doesn't happen the way let's say they go all the way through it and she absolutely 1000 percent reveals who she is at the end and eventually he says the same shit he's like why'd you do yeah he does the exact same thing you're doing where you're asking like why are you sarah why do you think that that's gonna get he's like all right fuck you yeah same same result it's (laughs) it's a startling scene right because that house you're like every extra in that house you're like god damn this is a mayo jar party right just fucking creamy whites everywhere and that the party just they cut through it like a hot butter knife you're like good lord it is just and that's what you love about them is they are so immediately their own right and they're their own entity and i think that is where it gets so fucking soul crushing this last part of them haunting her sleep and attacking her so vehemently and the them trying to get her to kill herself part of the end is so extra brutal today when i was watching it right is not only do i just not want these girls to be so bad and mocking her right for you know how are you sleeping and all the girls are in on it not just nancy's doing it and they're kind Mm -hmm. of cowering minions which they seem to think they can get away with they're actively engaged in this hurting her too because they want this power right yeah and i thought the trying to get her to hurt herself again right take advantage of the fact that she had previously cut herself and this and that it's so personal and it it's so just cutting so deep right again i think that's where this movie operates best it's always so many extra layers from most movies of this ilk what do you make of this uh this final showdown carmelita in terms of like the group dynamic i think it plays really well with just kind of those teenage friendships I don't know if it if it's that way for everyone, but I mean, I remember like you would have like people that you felt like you were really tight with and then something would happen, some falling out 
and it's like the gloves are off and it's vicious. Yeah, truly vicious. And so that is, it feels very, obviously it's extreme here because they have these powers, but like the spirit behind it, like that, that heel turn that felt, it feels very like, oh yeah, I remember that. And it's not only like they're just trying to bind her. They want her to leave the city, leave the state. Oh, you can't do that because you're a fucking teenager. Well, we're going to make you kill yourself. Right. And they do a glamour that they killed her father in a plane. I mean, God damn. It's intense. And it works for Nancy because, again, Veruza Balk is playing this as big as possible, right? She is our Mm -hmm. grandiose Tim Curry and legend, like, embodiment of all darkness that she doesn't deserve to be. But, okay, we get it, right? It's just fucking sad, man. It's so hard to watch. I didn't like seeing my girls go down this way. But then when she doesn't, this is the other thing that I've, I, I, I never thought about it until we watched this time was Nancy's the one who slashes Sarah's wrists. Mm-hmm. Like Sarah withstands all this abuse, all this pain, all this hurt. And then Nancy's the one to finally be like, fine, I'll do it. Like Nancy pushes everything all the way through but it's not she's like she's inflicting pain that way like that i think is probably like that's why for me i've always assumed that's why sarah actually can invoke the spirit not because she's like a natural witch whatever the fuck that means but like because she's able to withstand this and then when nancy slashes her wrists and like you're still bleeding what is it even like it's not a glamour you're still bleeding she's finally crossed a line of like, okay, you're actually hurting other witches. Right. When you hurt another witch, like you're actually causing, you're causing more pain than you're bringing Like you're not, you're the balance. The balance is out of whack, but that's always, and that's always the thing that it struck me this time. I was like, Oh wow. I totally forgot. Like she actually did that to her. Yeah, she does. And Rochelle and Bonnie, I think this is something that also feels very authentic. Like that, like that, that group mentality where like a mob (laughs) yeah, people, everyone will engage in, in some kind of totally heinous behavior because you're in a group and, and the energy and the adrenaline is going and everybody's kind of, it's contagious. Um, well, also, and, you and think I, it's going to stop and you don't want to be the one who's like right. the wuss. And yeah, so it just exactly. keeps spiraling out of control. Yeah, exactly. And so I think that feels very authentic. But then the girls do reach a point where Rochelle and Bonnie get spooked. Yeah. It's gone a little too far. And Only they, when they, they think that there. they're getting their comeuppance times three, right? Because they right. simply see a mirror and their resolve melts immediately right oh yeah well, it's, and they're it out. starts though when she like orders them to go i can't remember what she tells them to do but she literally screams at them go upstairs yeah. and make sure she's dead that's essentially yeah. yeah yeah that's where it had and that's how and i she think even that's threatens rochelle she's like you're she's fucking like, oh, dead too yeah yeah mm. that's like that to me was always the moment where all the the, the two of them are like maybe this is a little too hardcore for my taste I just wanted to look pretty. I mean, and they still fucking go up the not stairs. Not to deal with any more racists. Yeah. But that's yeah. what I mean, right? It's like, then you get this sad shot of what if uh, Bonnie's 
scars were on her face, right? Maybe she was okay yeah. before, and now she gets her punishment. What if Rochelle's hair falls out because, you know, they went too far in punishing the racist that we're supposed to feel bad for? <laughs> like, that that part is... It's not too anyways, far in punishing they, they the racist. too far in punishing Sarah. Punishing racists is always That cool. part's true, but when they do the hair falling out again, right, that's their punishment for the specific spells they had chosen, right? Right. They're being punished in that regard. Well, it came back to them threefold. Yeah, and there's mm-hmm. there's a shot, right? Because, again, just telling us that at their very core that these people who are finally getting a chance to right some wrongs are bad, right? That the evil coming from their heart and their magic is bad. The movie specifically is telling us that. I think it's a hard pill to swallow, and the the it just makes you fucking depressed, right? It feels wrong in this day and age. The scene that really jumped out at me is when Feruza Balk's going upstairs by herself. She sees the two run away. She's not in charge of them. She has this, again, and she's playing this manic, right? She's the Joker. She's all of these villains, and it's great. That moment when she's creeping up the stairs and she doesn't know what she's walking up to find, she looks horrified. She looks small. She looks like a child, right? She is no longer this all-powerful witch. She looks fucking scared because she's not projecting anything than what she is because there's no fucking audience anymore. And I thought that moment really gets to the core of what I I feel about Nancy is she's just a fucking hurt, abused person. Right. And I don't think she's this ultimately evil person that the movie keeps wanting her to be. And she is in the end. Right. And I wanted some way at the end to not do that to her. And that scene on the stairs was really beautiful. Then she runs upstairs, and we know, you know, Snake Fingers, she wants to hurt her. So good. They start fighting. It's, I mean, all of the, the bugs, <laughs> That's the one of my maggot toilets in a movie ever. That the maggot fucking... toilet will haunt me forever. <laughs> when, when the, like, the Snake yeah. Fingers always freaked me out when bugs just randomly start crawling out of her mouth. I, I remember Ugh, seeing that the first yeah. time, like, <laughs> yeah. Not good. <laughs> what do you make of the final stand of Nancy, Carmelita? I, I mean, it's, that it's such a memorable showdown and and yeah i'm with you like there's these there's those moments where you can tell she's she's kind of scared like she doesn't know what's about to happen and and then and then her blood's up and okay here here's i'll tell i'll tell you this here's something that sarah should have maybe thought twice about don't mock the emotionally unstable, yeah, that's all great. powerful girl. Like, okay, like she got she gets Nancy down, and rather than mock her, like maybe now is the time to like flee the house and then go try to do the binding elsewhere. Right. That that would be the my one thing is like don't mock her. Because it's it's just gonna keep escalating. Yeah. Well, but she does she that. Does, you're in your deep shit. Yeah. Manon talked to me. He told mm-hmm. me that you fucked this all up. And you're like, it's pretty strange that fucking Manon didn't do anything about it. His fucking lazy self, <laughs> right? Oh, you're too busy being a stadium for cosmic fucking deity football. 
You can't handle this yourself. You got to pit these two women against each other. You fuck. Now, I mean, we're just going right. I mean, we're just going right back to you know it, monotheist or theistic religion. It plays religion. the Skeet Ulrich thing all over again, right? <laughs> yes. That who the person that she wants, Manon, is again choosing Sarah, and there when she loses her rage, and they have that like fighting on the wall. It's fucking awesome. Yeah, so awesome. It's, it's awesome, but it. But it Again, ends very tra- it ends it very tragic. So tra- seeing Nancy in that bed. I feel I can so fly. bad for Nancy. I have power. It broke my fucking heart. Absolutely. It broke my heart, man, cuz and I I don't There's like I don't like seeing world, that ending, right? And it, Again, it reminds me like would Aladdin be the classic <laughs> Disney tale if at the end Aladdin had to go to jail for stealing bread? <laughs> like that doesn't make Aladdin a better movie, right? That's that's a <laughs> Very false equivalent. Is that not the that. exact That's same a, thing? That is a shocking false equivalency. How dare you? That is a How perfect film analogy. If at what the end they're are like, you talking thank about? you for saving it, but also you one unleashed guy, the genie that made me eat fucking bird crackers. Go to the dungeon. Saved, one, Go guy to the dungeon. one guy literally saved the world with his genie did he? friend. Or did and he the, fuck up the whole world by letting okay, so Jafar... you're saying he should have been put in jail anyways. Well, I'm saying it, that whole movie's Aladdin's fault. Are we just going to let no that slide now? I had no idea we were going to talk about what Aladdin. What is happening tonight? here? I'm saying Aladdin this is, is the, the worst, worst movie analogy. if Aladdin ends up in the dungeon. Right? And he has to watch rich-ass Jasmine just plowing some <laughs> other Arabian nobleman who's done nothing to earn his lot in life. What that's what the That's on? what the craft ends on. This I hate seeing wor- Nancy in that bed. This is the worst analogy you've I ever I want Nancy to get a whole new world and fucking fly out of that bed. That's what I wanted. <laughs> That's what well, I wanted for the end of the movie. There's consequences for your actions. Only for the outcast. Only for the one who and overused her powers. She abused her powers. Everyone's yeah. been abusing her with she their powers She invoked her the spirit life. and invoked all the powers of Manon and then literally abused them almost immediately. She killed one guy who was like a date rapist or whatever. I don't think she did anything She'll, that She technically horrible. killed two guys. Well. She did, yeah, Oh, Ray. that's right. Well, that was kind of an accidental, like, he was going to beat her mom up and she lost was her it, shit. Was it an accident? It she was definitely on purpose. She screams in rage and then it happened. She's not sitting there, like, reading out of a weighty tome. She's literally standing Paragraph over him watching five. it happen. Sub-9. What are you talking about? Carmelita, decide this. Is my Aladdin analogy apt here? <laughs> it's utter trash. How dare it's you? Stretch. It's a stretch, but I, like, I get what you're saying. Here's the thing. <laughs> How, how politic of you. <laughs> Here, here's the... Oh, yeah. Always. Here's the thing. Very neutral. You can tell Alex he's wrong. It's fine. I think... You know, I take this as a cautionary tale. Yes. That, you know, I identify mm. with Nancy and with the misfits. And... And I think... You know, this is in some ways kind of like an old school fairy tale. Okay. Yeah. I'm think down. think I about like that. think think about like if we're gonna talk about Disney movies, think about the Little Mermaid. Yeah. Yep. The original Little Mermaid story. Horrifying. Yeah, Eric horrifying. doesn't want to thump, so she turns into bubbles. I mean Right, that's how it it's, is. Yeah. It's like it's messed up, man. Okay, but does this not prove my point that as stories age, Disney's like, maybe it's better if she gets a wedding. We're talking about the craft, not Disney, all right? Right, okay. I'm saying when Disney inevitably buys the rights to the craft and owns every movie ever, and we get the the Blu-ray re-release with songbirds for Nancy. 
in the spirit of a classic fairy tale, a classic folk tale, like there's this cautionary thing. And it's like, yes, it's yes. like I I relate to Nancy. And what would I do if I were given the power, whatever right. that power is? What Absolutely. would I do with it? And I think there's a way to read this to say, Nancy, it didn't have to end this way for Nancy. And we wish that the Nancys of the world could have a happier ending. Yeah. Nancy took it a little too far. I mean, this has and, some parallels you know, to a movie that we discussed, Carmelita Carey, right? Who yes. just snaps and loses her shit. Yeah. Um, I do think there's just a relensing that you could do with this movie, that Sarah's the one who takes it too far because she always gets to do whatever the fuck she wants. And that maybe the friendship of this coven, uh, they pull Nancy back from the edge, and those three are fine, and Sarah fucking ends up in the asylum. I mean, that would be a very, I think that'd be a very fascinating rewrite, personally. Yeah, I think, I think Sarah's I think, the Jafar of this movie. That's uh, all I'm saying. Oh, my God. I think, just get away from that shit. I actually think that, that there's another world, though, where that movie happens that it ha it has the exact same result. Like I still feel sad for whoever winds up in the asylum simply because right. like you took it too far. Like you were given the ultimate power in the universe and you had no idea how to wield it properly. Like like you were saying, you're Carmelita, a teenager. Yeah, you're a teenager. Right. It's a it's a perfect parable. It's a great fable of power run amok. And not just because you know, not and it has nothing to do with corrupting powers. It has much more to do with the fact that yeah, you're a teenager, and like, of course, you're going to use it for a selfish reason because teenagers suck. That's what they do. But right. But I yeah. think yeah. what you guys keep saying how far she took it. I just disagree with that. I think she's writing the scale. She really is until she tries to kill Sarah. So she did take it too far. But I'm saying that's for narrative effect. I think she was fine. I think she was fucking fine. Sarah mm. should have stayed in the coven. Uh, much then, like Jafar, if who, Sarah who wound up a genie. Yeah. See, Sarah is actually the Iago of the film <laughs> and steals the lamp for her fucking what is self. Happening? If she would have just stayed in the coven, she could have talked sense to them and been an actual sister and friend. Then she wouldn't get slashed and they'd be fine. They'd be just fine. But no, she's selfish. She's selfish. And Nancy has to pay the price, as always, because just because her and Bonnie and Rochelle want to be just normal people what is this? who aren't abused, they have to get put down like old yellers. And I hate it. Join us tomorrow where we talk about Return of Jafar, the Aladdin sequel. I'm just saying, I'm just saying that Aladdin analogy might be the best thing we've ever done on this show. Nope. Untrue. <laughs> Patently false. Carmelita's going to text me after the show and be like, I'm so sorry I lied in front of Alex. Jesus. <laughs> All right. Final love letter to the craft, Carmelita. This has been a great, lively conversation about a movie. I do love this movie. I'm not trying to say I don't love this no, movie. No, I know. I but know. a final I love letter. Why Why does the craft still hold this magic for you and is still a safe space, uh, space for you? You know, I think, I think the thing about the craft is that it's this great reminder of that time in your life. And regardless, even for younger listeners who did the teenage thing after the 90s, even for our more mature listeners who mm. did high school before the 90s. Those savages who were teenagers in when, the 80s, good Lord. <laughs> whenever, whenever it happened to you, like 
it this movie really taps into that that awful time and just like how tumultuous <laughs> and chaotic and crazy it is and everything that's that's happening and so even though you know i might have played lies of feather stiff as a board and red tarot or whatever like i had no powers <laughs> i had no powers but i can relate to all of the feelings that bring these girls together and all of the feelings that drive them to make the choices that they make and i think audiences can continue to like feel that and yeah. i think you know like there's just something about that that continues to resonate and even now as a middle-aged woman like when i watch this like i'm transported and i have that little moment of remembering and like having like feelings about it like you feel it i agree see i'll always remember them walking happy together through the hall in slow-mo like they absolutely fucking own the place for one moment in the film yeah their power actually gives them all what they kind of want man which is like a happy place amongst this fucking tumultuous sea so i, I think that's a Agreed. lovely sentiment you said uh thank you so much for coming on the show that's it for the craft uh we'll be back with aladdin someday i promise you <laughs> we'll make Fuck sure to do up. a heavy craft bit in our aladdin pod <laughs> i still think that is a great one but Neither here nor there. The craft is also a great one. Carmelita, you are truly one of the great ones. Thank you for spending time with us oh, tonight. Friend. We love you. Thank you so we much. We do love, love you so you much. Guys. We always appreciate it. I'm so <laughs> glad you got to do October with us again. And this was like, this was the best choice, honestly. <laughs> it's the happiest time of the year. And who else would I want to spend it with but you guys? <laughs> Aww. <laughs> now I'm worried about what spells you're going to cast on us after this is over. <laughs> Too nice, too nice. No. <laughs> All right, guys, you know the deal. Every day this month, a new episode. So come back tomorrow. We'll have more horror movie fun. Go back and download the episodes we've already released. Uh, more than anything, thank you guys for spending time with all of us and our friends this October. Uh, we'll see you next time.